بسم الله الرحمن الرحیم لا حول ولا قوت الا بالله العلی العظیم الحمد لله رب العالمین وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا ابي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى اله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقيه الله في الارضين اجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف Uh, Alhamdulillah, once again we are able to have our webinar after uh, two weeks of break for uh, New Year holidays and inshallah uh, we are going to continue with Surah Taha, we talked about verse 47. Uh, I have received also the confirmation about the quality of the sound on the picture so I hope that inshallah we would have a trouble free session inshallah uh, you remember that uh, we talked about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asking Prophet Musa to go to Pharaoh and then he asked for his brother to join him and help him and then Allah accepted and finally we reached this point that Allah said okay now you too go to him so initially was you go to Pharaoh but then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said اذحبا, you too both of you go to Pharaoh then in the verse 47 الرجيم, you too come to him up to now was go to him but now Allah says come to him what does it mean? It means that I am waiting for you there. As I explained just in the last part of the previous session. It's very beautiful. It means that I'm not sending you alone. I am accompanying you as he said Ennani ma'akuma asma'u wa ara verse 46 I will be with you seeing and hearing and then he says Fatia, I will be <laughs> there before you come of course you know that Allah has no place he's everywhere but when we talk about him being present in a place in a special sense it means that he has full attention to that place he has a special care for that place he has a special regard for a place so Allah says Fatiyah come to him Fa'ula and say this before in the verse forty four Allah gave them the manner of talking to Pharaoh Ula Lahu Kaulan Layana speak to him softly we already talked about this that's the manner, that's the style 
But Allah now goes even further and gives them the content. What should they say? And how should they talk? Maybe Allah talked to Prophet Musa more about this, but at least this is part of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked them to say to Fir'aun. Fahula tell Inna Rasula Rabbik Truly we too are two messengers of your Lord. Your Lord has sent us to you. Rasula Rabbik So Inna truly there is no doubt about this. A prophet a messenger cannot be in doubt about his mission. If he is himself in doubt, how can they, he convince people? If Musa says, maybe I am sent by God, maybe I have received the communication, then Pharaoh says, okay, first go and make up your mind, <laughs> and then come to me. You know, this is a story that some people say that Rasulullah, after receiving revelation, you know, didn't know what happened, and uh, told Lady Khadija about this and Lady Khadija took him to Warakat ibn Nawfal, her cousin who knew about the biblical sources and upon hearing to Rasulullah he said you have become a prophet this story is not acceptable to us Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the most certain person about his mission and his message as we have discussed this in a paper about Revelation, if you are interested you can refer to my website, there is a paper about Revelation and I have explained, when a prophet receives a message, it's as if seeing the truth, he becomes quite certain. So, we are truly, surely, to Rasul means to messenger of your Lord, not a stranger. Your Lord who has brought up you, not only created you, but also brought up you. In body you have grown, but also has given you power, everything. Everything that you have is from Him. Now he has sent a messenger to you. So you have to listen, of course, to the messenger of your Lord. Inna Rasula Rabbik Fa'arsil Ma'ana Bani Israel. So send with us Israelites, the children of Israel. Because the children of Israel were suffering a lot under Pharaoh. Pharaoh was not treating them with respect. Was taking them like slaves, treating them like, like slaves. And especially after having that dream, killing their sons was a common practice. So, Arsal Ma'ana Bani Let Bani Israel move. Let them migrate from this land. Let go to a place that they can have 
more dignified life a free life do not punish them do not torture them do not make life difficult and miserable for them so it seems that Allah wanted them to be a kind of uh, messenger of freedom and liberty for Bani Israel and Allah says also tell among the things that you say we are also sure that we are sent by God but we don't expect you to accept so easily that as soon as we say although we are not saying anything you know <laughs> strange we are saying something that you should understand yourself by your common sense that you should not you know torture people but because we don't expect you to accept so easily we have brought you also a sign from your Lord the same Rabbik who has sent us to you we have also brought a sign means a miracle from him for you again this is very important you know Pharaoh feels he has been respected because you know not only God has sent two people to him but also God has sent a sign a miracle for him so that he believes you know if you know, a miracle happens for you as a person not just me, uh, you know for millions of people just for you you feel you know you are very important so you cannot you know then say I was not treated with respect we have brought you the ayatin a sign from your Lord and then may peace be with those who follow the guidance very beautiful peace we don't want to fight we don't want to have tension we don't want to you know kill you we don't want to even trouble you we have a very peaceful message and if you want to be remaining in peace we are more than happy wassalam peace Allah upon with man the one who follows guidance which is coming from your Lord this is a very common expression that uh, still we use and many times ulama put in the end of the letter wassalamu ala man al huda inna qad uhiya ilayna after talking in this uh, manner and with this content add to this that it has been revealed to us it has been revealed to us that 
punishment would be for those who reject and turn away turn their back when it's about punishment it's not saying it's for you because then it's Pharaoh would be offended and also because Pharaoh has still a choice to make we said maybe he remembers maybe his heart becomes soft we offered him peace but Pharaoh also should be warned about the consequences of ignoring this message or rejecting this message and keeping torturing Bani Israel and doing all the bad things that he used to do so we need to give a kind of Bashara a kind of good news but at the same time we should also warn him because someone like Pharaoh if he feels uh, no threat at all he keeps doing what he used to do so without talking directly to him and you know offending him tell him peace is with the people who follow the guidance and it has been revealed to us you know you see there's a kind of a little bit changing and talking indirectly it has been revealed to us it doesn't say God told directly this to you although the result is the same but it's a kind of maneuvering it has been revealed to us punishment would be for the people who deny or reject and turn away turn back to the message of God Okay. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says come there and say this then in the verse 49 Allah says قَالَ فَمَنْ رَبُّكُمَا يَا مُوسَى Pharaoh said who is your Lord O Musa so it means that because you know Quran is very brief and Quran doesn't speak you know too much so that you bored you are bored Quran you know tries to keep you always alert and also um, motivate you to use your mind to read the story even those lines which are not mentioned so Allah says Pharaoh said this what does it mean it means that Musa and Harun went there he told they introduced themselves they said this is our mission this is what we want and then Pharaoh said this this part in between is not mentioned but you can understand and also you are sure that you know they wouldn't have said anything other than what Allah told them so there is no need to repeat that they went there and they said this for sure what Allah said to tell they have said okay now let us see what was the response of Pharaoh قَالَ who? Pharaoh فَمَنْ رَبُّكُمَا يَا مُوسَى who is the Lord of you two رَبُّكُمَا كُمَا means two يَا مُوسَى or Moses so he addressed Moses as the main addressee he talked to Moses 
but he said your lord two of you okay something I think is interesting is that Musa and Harun didn't say our lord they said your lord <laughs> and not Asura Rabbek your lord but it seems that Pharaoh wants to deny God this is the problem he says your lord not my lord he doesn't want to accept that he has a lord he said who is your lord okay because he doesn't say Rabbi then he asks okay who is your lord you know if if he had accepted that this is coming from his lord then for sure he knows who is his lord the one who has created you the one who has given you everything but if someone says it's not my lord it's your lord then it makes sense to ask who is your lord who is your lord of Musa Prophet Musa apparently didn't say this question is ridiculous why you ask this you know who is your lord or our lord no he ex still explained because they are supposed to speak nicely with good manner and try their best قَالَ رَبُّنَا الَّذِي أَعْقَى كُلَّ شَيْءٍ خَلْقَهِ ثُمَّ هَدَى Our Lord you don't want to accept that He is your Lord okay our Lord is the one who has given everything it's to creation so it means that everything is created by him because a very important quality of Lord is to be creator because the one who creates you he also sustains you it's very wrong and actually if someone knows a little bit of philosophy would understand that this is very uh, you know, false to think that you can be created by someone and then be independent from him and depend on yourself or on anyone else anyone other than him it's impossible to create is an ongoing process at every moment every second this creation must continue and you should keep receiving divine grace so that you can continue to exist and no one from outside can give you anything if I have for example a man in my mind a flower in my mind that's my creation and no one else can feed the man who is in my mind as long as I want that person is there and everything that I want that person would have so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who has created everything 
But instead of saying he has created everything, they said it, he is the one who has given everything its due creation. Because, again, it's a philosophical rule that everything has a nature. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives existence to the nature or to the essence or to the quiddity or to mahiyya or whatness of everything. Philosophers have a beautiful you know, saying which is maybe difficult to understand. They say, مَا جَعَلَ اللَّهُ الْمِشْمِشَةَ مِشْمِشَةً بَلْ أَوْجَدَهَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not make an apikrot apikrot or does not make an apple an apple, an orange an orange. Rather, He gives existence to orange. For an orange to be orange is essential. Allah creates orange. So it means that we have different quiddities, different things, each of which has its own fixed nature, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives existence to them. If you want an apple, apple is apple. Either it is or not. Orange is there in the you know world of essences. What is that word? You know, I don't want to talk about it. But Allah originates apple, originates orange, originates you know everything. So He gives everything its due creation. It means He gives every essence that He wants to create a type of existence that suits it. And also it means that everything can reach its own perfection, its own flourishment and development. Okay, this is the creational side of it. But also, ثُمَّ He doesn't create and then leave them without guidance. He then guides. Based on this ayah, and also the other ayah in Surah A'la الَّذِي خَلَقَ فَسَوَّى وَالَّذِي قَدَّرَ فَحَدَى and other arguments but these two ayah are very clear our ulama believe that we have an inclusive guidance الْحِدَايَةُ الْعَامَ a very general and inclusive guidance for every creature Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided every creature with guidance it's not only human beings who receive guidance Animals receive guidance in many different ways, including instincts. Plants have guidance. Even non-living beings have guidance. They have a kind of uh, root in front of them to reach their perfection, to reach their potentials. So, Prophet Musa wanted to explain to Pharaoh that God is not only the creator but he is also the one who guides so you shouldn't be surprised that he has also sent two guides to Bani Israel has sent you a messenger this is job of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he has undertaken he has put this on himself to guide رَبُّنَا الَّذِي أَعْطَى كُلَّ شَيْءٍ خَلْقَهُ ثُمَّ حَدَى very beautiful and very brief Pharaoh doesn't seem to 
to ask anything else at least as far as we have in the Quran if the conversation was longer and part of it mentioned in the Quran or not we don't know but at least we know that this was part of the conversation it seems that he didn't say anything else so perhaps he was convinced perhaps he didn't find anything else to say or ask about God then he moved to another question and that is actually the question about resurrection قَالَ فَمَا بَالُ الْقُرُونِ الْأُولَى he said what about the previous generations the early ones what happens to them it's interesting you know that he jumped to the question of resurrection it means that Pharaoh as I said once before Pharaoh was not a stupid person he was very intelligent but unfortunately he didn't use his intelligence in the best way he used it for satanic reasons but he understood that God who has created everything and has guided everyone he must have a plan for humanity because this dunya alone cannot explain and justify the creation of man we need another life we need resurrection so that people can be judged and then rewarded and punished so he asked what is going to happen to the previous generations what of the former generations okay قال again it seems that Musa said although Harun also was there but it says قال it doesn't say قال قال means قال Moses علمها عند ربي في كتاب Prophet Musa said knowledge about them about that about those generations is with my Lord and my Lord knows everything about every generation how many people how long what did they do what was their intention what good they produced what bad they produced my Lord has the knowledge about all this don't expect me to have this knowledge but my Lord has this knowledge and to make it also more illustrated says it's registered in a book you shouldn't think that this book is like a book that we have with cover and you know pages this stands for knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for ilm of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this book but 
because everything is documented, everything is preserved, is registered, so you can say it's a book. Like you know when we say the records of the deeds is given to the people. La yadallu rabbi wa la yansa My Lord not only has knowledge of everything in a book, he never goes astray. He doesn't go to wrong direction. He is not never misguided. And he doesn't forget. So, sometimes you know the direction, but you forget. Sometimes you don't know the direction. The one who is misguided doesn't know the direction anymore. If he used to know, at least now he doesn't know. The one who forgets, he knows, but at the time that he wants to benefit, he forgets. Maybe later he remembers. It's in the mind, but at the moment he cannot recall. So, our Lord is not the one who can be misguided or can forget. He knows everything. And it's very also natural because he is the one who is uh, responsible for guidance of everyone. How can someone who is responsible for guidance of everything, he himself be misguided? It doesn't make sense. So, he is not going to do anything wrong about those generations. Everything is documented. He has the knowledge. He never also becomes confused or misguided and he never forgets. So, everything as happened is known and everything as happened will be taken into account and judged. Then we have these few verses that maybe was said by Musa maybe not and it is a kind of commentary by Quran about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to know him more because as you see the language is also changed الَّذِي جَعَلَ لَكُمُ الْأَرْوَى مَهْدَى it seems that Quran is expanding on knowing God who is God? What has He done? Okay, Musa already said, رَبُّنَا الَّذِي أَعْطَى كُلَّ شَيْءٍ خَلْقَهُ ثُمَّ حَدَى But, we definitely want to know more. So Allah said, الَّذِي جَعَلَ لَكُمُ الْأَرْضَ مَهْدَى He is the one who has made the earth to be a cradle for you. This shows that according to Quran, earth is moving, you know, it was not known to people at that time that earth is moving. They thought that earth is center of the world and is fixed. Everything else is moving around the earth. But the Quran says, no, earth is like a cradle. It has a very peaceful motion. Now, if the cradle is not moving, it's useless. The child you know, goes to a beautiful sleep because that cradle is, you know, moving, oscillating. And 
it shouldn't be too fast or too slow. If it's too slow, he doesn't feel anything. The child doesn't feel anything. It's like being fixed. If it's too fast, then it will be disturbing. So, earth is the same, like a cradle. It moves, but very nicely. You don't feel bad. And this movement, you know, has lots of benefits for us. So, جَعَلَ لَكُمُ الْأَرْضَ مَحْتَى So, he, he has created you, he has created the earth, but also he has made the earth for you. Or at least in the way that you can benefit. وَسَلَكَ لَكُمْ فِيهَا سُبُلَ And also, in that earth, <coughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has threaded for you ways. There are roads, there are ways we can transport, we can ourselves, you know, travel. This is very important for us. We cannot be fixed in one place and only enjoy the good of one place, the goods of one place. We need to communicate, we need to transport, we need to travel. The Anzalamina Sama Ima. He also has sent from a sky water so not only earth but also the sky and water comes from the sky to the earth one benefit of this water is that it helps us in having plants vegetables fruits and so on and so forth فَأَخْرَجْنَا بِهِ أَزْوَاجًا مِنْ نَبَاتٍ After sending them water from the sky, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought forth various kinds of vegetation. So, أَخْرَجَ بِهِ بِهِ means with water. أَخْرَجَ means bring out, bring forth. أَزْوَاجًا pairs of or different kinds of pairs of nabatin vegetation shatam is diverse various so creating the earth creating water sending rain and growing plants and vegetations kulu wara'u an'amakum eat you yourself eat as you see, it seems that this is no longer part of the discussion of Musa and Pharaoh. It's something being built upon that. It's an expansion, a footnote about God. You know, in talking about God, then there's a footnote to know more about God. Eat is for yourself. But you should also feed your animals. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Pasture your cattle, your animals. When this, this vegetation is grown, you eat for yourself, you eat your animal. Uh, sorry, you feed your animals. Truly, in this there are signs for the intelligent ones, for those who think. If you think about this, how we are created, how earth is created and planned in the way that we can have comfortable life, how rain is coming, 
how vegetables grow, how we can feed ourselves, digestion system, everything. How we can feed animals from the same, you know, thing that earth is growing. So there are many signs to think about it. Then Allah says, Minha khalaqnakum wa fiha nu'idukum wa minha nukhrujukum taratan ukhra. This earth which in some hadith is introduced as our mother you know we have different mothers one mother is the mother that has given birth to us which is our main mother we have mother-in-law but also earth is our mother in some hadiths فَإِنَّهَا أُمُّكُمْ it's mother earth Allah says مِنْهَا خَلَقْنَاكُمْ From it we have created you. Out of earth you have been brought out, been created. Our body and also according to transcendent philosophy of Mullah Sadra, even our soul is a final product of the physical material. Because Mullah Sadra had the idea of soul being jismaniyatul khudus wa rawhaniyatul baqa in its beginning it comes from the substantial motion of body according to Ayatollah Mutahari the meat the wheat, the bread, the vegetables that someone eats then it becomes the embryo and then it becomes a burial in the stage of soul being created so it's all coming from motion, substantial motion of physical object but as soon as soul is created it's spiritual, it's no longer corporeal or physical jismaniyatul huduth in beginning it's jismaniyah, it's corporeal but immediately as soon as created it's rohaniyah it's spiritual. In any case, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us from the earth. And we are going to send you back to earth. We are all going to be buried and resurrected. We bring you again out of the earth another time. So, we once came out, brought forth from the earth. But when Allah brought us from the earth, we are all pure, innocent, in the condition of fitrah, all children. No matter who is their father, who is their mother, mu'min, kafir, all the children are pure and innocent. Islamically, we believe that all the children are pure and innocent. Every child is born with the innate, God-given nature. Yes, in some children, Maybe there are more lights, maybe the more potentials, 
but none of them is impure then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says when you are brought up from the earth you have a period of time till you are put back again to the earth in that period of time either we keep our purity you grow but you keep that nice innocence of a child or you pollute yourself and then you are put back again to the earth the second time that you come out of the earth then it's not that everyone is pure first time is by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala everyone is pure second time when you are resurrected and come out then it's a matter of how did you end up your life how was your condition when you were put back to the earth when you were buried for example of course Allah may forgive you know many or all your sins but anyway you can not expect anything other than the results of your own actions your du'as your asking forgiveness and so on and so forth so people then would be in very different conditions in the second time that we are being, being brought out of the earth we are not the same in the beginning we are all innocent all pure وَمِنْهَا نُخْرِجُكُمْ تَارَةً أُخْرَى Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes back to the story of Fir'aun and Musa and Harun وَلَقَدْ أَرَيْنَاهُ آيَاتِنَا كُلَّهَا فَكَذَّبَ وَأَبَى We certainly showed Fir'aun all our signs so any sign that was needed any miracle that was needed not only one anything to convince him was offered but sometimes people don't want to be convinced don't want to understand don't want to accept so a time comes that then it's 100% clear that this person doesn't want to show any change وَلَقَدْ أَرَيْنَاهُ آيَاتِنَا كُلَّهَا We showed him all our signs. Did he appreciate? No. فَكَذَّبَ He rejected. وَأَبَى And refused to listen. Very sad maybe everything took place in I don't know 15 minutes 10 minutes half an hour one hour I don't know but for sure it was not too long he lost the opportunity Allah is sending him two of his best servants gives a special message for him through a special messengers with some signs but he doesn't listen he loses the opportunity and of course now the situation for him would be worse 
Because in addition to all the bad things that he used to do, now he has done something even worse, and that is to reject the message of God. Abba, he refused. Like you know, Iblis, Allah says, Abba was takbar, He refused to do sajda, to prostrate before Adam. Abba means he refused. Here also says, Fakadaba wa Abba. Then Allah continues about what Pharaoh said at that time and what he suggested, which is very nice, about Pharaoh uh, saying to people that these are magicians who have come to do corruption, to do mischief here. Inshallah, we talk about it in the next session. So I stop here. If there is any question, we can answer. And then inshallah we stop so if there is any question brother Hussein can send me okay Qu question one when you talk how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sustains the entire creation including our bodies souls etc This is mind-boggling. We cannot imagine it in our mind. How do you explain this sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Uh, I don't know which sifat. Sifat means uh, qualities. Which sifat of Allah uh, you are referring to? You mean actions of Allah here? That we said about you know creating and sustaining? Or you mean sifat, some qualities? like being creator, being sustainer uh, so I don't know exactly what you mean but in any case Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator he is also sustainer, he is razzaq and also he is hadi, he is guide and from each of these you know many many things come out, many things can be understood Question 2. Does Allah not favor them to create individual with different level of conviction of faith that he gives one more or another less after all he is the creator so does so does so as he wishes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never does anything arbitrarily never does anything in vain everything in this world has a reason and everything has a measure He's not the one who does things without planning, without knowing what is happening, without having purpose, doing things just in bulk. If we were given enough knowledge, we would have totally understood why he does things in this way or that way. Because everything is based on knowledge plus wisdom. Unfortunately, we don't have that knowledge and wisdom. But if we grow, if we elevate our understanding, then we start seeing the wisdom behind many things. You gradually understand. You know, as a child, you may not understand what your wise, you know, parents are doing. But then gradually you can understand, especially if you grow in wisdom and in age and become yourself a parent. 
then you would understand. It takes us long process to reach the point that we can understand at least the uh, main parts of the creation and the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But for sure, he does everything wisely. And one of the things that in his wise plan is happening is that there are differences. But these differences are not based on favoritism. It's not that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in favor of some people and against some people because of their color, gender, blood relation, and so on and so forth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves everyone. He's the creator of everyone. You know, as a father, as a mother, you know that, for example, if you have even, um, I don't know, 10 or more children, you love all of them. Even you love your bad children. Indeed, you are sometimes more concerned about your bad children. Those who are good, you know, maybe you think about them five minutes a day because, you know, everything is going normal. But if you have a bad children or a children who is not bad but is in a bad condition, you are concerned about that child more. So, Allah loves all people, more or less. But, depending on what they do, or depending on what context in which they are put, you would receive different types of treatment. For example, you know, if parents, grandparents, you know, are pious people to do lots of good, lots of prayer, then a children who is brought out in that family would receive more blessings. Not because Allah is, you know, discriminating. No, because these are the uh, outcomes of the connection and interconnectedness of this world. The good actions of parents have impact on others. In the same way that in the physical world, if someone, for example, is given good nutrition, it has impact on his body. The same is in the spiritual world. Anyway, nothing is happening in vain or in bulk or by chance. Everything is nicely planned. Question 3. Do prophets make mistakes? Prophet never makes mistakes because if they make mistakes, then how can people trust them? The only thing is that sometimes prophet may do tarke ola, which means that they may have two choices, none of them is sin. Two choices, one of them is better, but they may not necessarily do the better. They are supposed to do the better, the best one, but sometimes they may do the second best. And this means that something which is not sin, but something which is not the best. And this is where, you know, then they would be blaming themselves. Question for Salaam Alaikum Salaam. Are all the prophets divinely guided or are some just wise people and able to... Yes, for sure they were guided, they were receiving revelations. And because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to help humanity as a whole, so he chooses some people to help other people through them. So, if he wants to choose someone to communicate the will of Allah to people, he chooses the best of them. The most intelligent ones, the most patient ones, the most humble ones. Again, in that paper about Revelation, uh, I have explained this if you want, you can refer to the website shomali.net and go to the paper about 
revelation. Uh, this paper was published in several places, including a journal published by uh, Pontifical Council for Arabic and Islamic Studies of Vatican, uh, in a journal called Islamo Christiana. Question 5. Salam alaikum salam. During the period of menstruation, are women permitted to read the Quran? I have heard that it is makruh to read the Quran during this period, or that there is only a limited number of ayat that women are permitted to read and should not exceed. Is this correct? Thank you very much. Uh, in that situation, ladies are supposed not to read uh, the verses which have sajda. The rest they can read. It's not a matter of haram. What is makruh? And makruh here, you know, should check with your marja. Either it means that it is aqallu thawaban, means the reward is less, or it means that it's better to be avoided. But there is no matter of not being permitted, apart from those verses or those uh, chapters in which there are those verses, you can check with your marja. The rest you can recite, but it's macro in the sense that either reward is less or macro in the sense that it's better not to do it. Uh, question 6, does Allah need human beings to execute His plan? Allah doesn't need them to execute His plan, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who can make sure that His plan is implemented even if people act freely. This is a beautiful discussion. I think we had a, a reference to this before when I talked about how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made a plan and Pharaoh who wanted to damage his plan actually implemented the plan of Allah. He became a player in the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Question 7. When Prophet Musa hit some person who was misbehaving and he died, is that considered a mistake? Uh, I explained this uh, previously yes it's a mistake not in the sense that he committed this murder by mistake no it means that it was that person was not a good or innocent person that person was a um, corrupt person a person who used to uh, do mischief to annoy and uh, you know trouble and perhaps you know uh, put into danger the life of Bani Israel, one of the agents of Pharaoh. So he was uh, responsible. He was an associate of all the zulm that Pharaoh was doing. But at that time, it was not the best decision to kill that person. Prophet Musa didn't want to start anything at that time. He was not yet given the mission by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore, it was not part of the plan of Musa to kill that person. Despite all the things that he deserved. So, this is why Prophet Musa was not happy about what happened. He didn't, you know, decide to kill that person. Okay. Uh, the last question. Uh, yes, the question is, can we have the name of that uh, paper? Yes, just let me uh, tell you the exact name of the paper and inshallah then we stop. 
Okay. Uh, if you go to shomali.net, you go to the publications, and then you go to the papers. So you have this paper uh, among the publications for 2009. Divine Revelation, an Islamic perspective on divine guidance and human understanding. Divine Revelation, an Islamic perspective on divine guidance and human understanding. This is the paper which was published in uh, Islamic Christiana, then reprinted in Islamic Reference Series, Volume 2, 2009, pages 11 to 38. So it's about 28 pages. Uh, so you should, inshallah, easily find this paper. Okay, I stop here. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for your questions. And inshallah, pray for us. And inshallah, pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enables us to understand the Quran and implement the Quran and be, inshallah, a source of inspiration and light and guidance for people inshallah may Allah be with you and support you and your family and the community inshallah may Allah give shifa to all the brothers and sisters who are ill may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive all the mahumin wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillah rabbil alameen